Hey everyone, welcome to the Consumed Church Weekly Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We're on a roll, Yom Teruah, the Feast of Trumpets. For any further information about this service or the ministries of Consumed Church, you can check us out at theconsumedchurch.com. This is awesome. This is Rosh Hashanah, Jewish New Year. And even though we're not Jewish, as I said before, you know, we've been grafted into the family of God. Yes. And Jesus was, is a Jew. Amen? Yes. So I think sometimes we get a little weird about the legalistic part of it, whether, it, you know, how much of it is tradition and how much of it is healthy and how much of it is, um, you know, the law. So uh, we're, we're not under the law, we're under grace. And Jesus fulfilled all of the law and um, all of the festivals, although there's some speculation about the feasts uh, that he hasn't finished the last one yet. But anyways, we're going to get into all of that here in a minute. But uh, as it is, as they celebrate the Jewish New Year, uh, the Jews actually celebrate with uh, the, the blasting of the trumpet and the shouts of victory and all sorts of things that I'm going to explain in a minute. But it's really this season. Who got my weekly email? And read it. Hey, all right. People are starting to read it. Great. Um, so I, I, I mentioned something uh, about um, that in the email, but you know, it, it really is. Even though it's not actually the new year, they consider it the Jewish New Year. It's in the seventh month of Tishri, I believe it's pronounced uh, on the first day of the month, and that comes from Leviticus. And we'll look at that. Uh, but they consider it New Year because of the agricultural season that's turning over. And they uh, tie that in with the Feast of Trumpets. And so, but I think it's, it's a good time that, you know, God is always moving out preemptively ahead of things. Amen. Like he's given us the powers of the age to come even before it's here yet. And we lay hold of that even now and bring the kingdom of God into our world. Uh, so Father, we bless you. We thank you for this morning. God, we thank you for the family of God that we're a part of. Lord, we thank you for one another. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. Lord, I thank you that no eye has seen or ears heard those things that you prepared for those that love you are called according to your purpose. And yet, God, you reveal it by your spirit. Holy Spirit, I'm asking today, Lord, that the veil be lifted right now. God, as I unpack really complex things, Lord, I pray that I would not get in the way. Holy Spirit, I'm inviting you to do your work. Do your work. Would you reveal to us the deep things of God this morning as we participate, Lord, as we practice, as we step into eternal life? In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, we're on a roll. Y'all believe that? You're like, I don't know. What are you talking about? You are on a roll. And I'm talking about the register in heaven. Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And as we look at Yom Teruah, the blowing of the trumpet, a holy convocation to the Lord. There was this practice that the Israelites had where they had feasts several times a year. And uh, feasts are in the heart of God. Amen? I mean, he's not just a boring, dry, get it done kind of a God. He loves to take time out and revel in what he's done and to spend time with his kids and to actually have a partay in the spirit, so to speak. (laughs) So we have some, some party favors here. 
Does everybody get a, a bag of grapes? And and you got some figurative challah bread, flat challah bread. We have we have challah bread over here and a and a horn. So this is our cheap version of a trumpet. <laughs> it's a noisemaker. It's a noisemaker. And so at different places in the service, as I go through my points, this is to be an interactive service. Not only did the Lord speak to me a while back about honoring our Judeo roots. Look, I'm not a. I don't speak Hebrew. I haven't studied Hebrew, like been to college and done all that, but I have a conviction from the Lord that there's a um, heritage that we're to honor, and so I'm doing my best, okay? <laughs> Y'all good with that? Yes. All right. Uh, now, you see that there is a bucket of water up here, and I'll go into that in a minute, but don't worry, this is not another foot washing, so your your, your shoes can stay intact, but the hollow bread... so. Just to talk about Jewish New Year. How about that? We're going to take communion today, and this is challah bread. I, you're probably supposed to say something like challah bread, but I, like I said, I'm, I'm not a Hebrew scholar or anything. And when we take communion here in a few minutes, we'll tear a piece off. So talking about Jewish New Year, like I said before, um, this is the year 5783, and many Jews believe, I would say the the rabbis or whatever, they have uh, come up with different ideas about why it's 5783. Some of them believe that uh, the Messiah will come in the year 6000, so you've got just a few years left. (laughs) Uh, Most of that is just tradition, though. It's it's Jewish tradition, And, and as I got ready and got all about the Jewish tradition, I felt the Holy Spirit go, hey, wait a minute, Jesus is the fulfillment. And so let's not forget about that. So we're going to dig into Christ's fulfillment and what these things mean for us. But So there's several different ways in which they celebrate Rosh Hashanah, which means head of the year. Uh, that's That word Rosh Hashanah and head of the year is not actually in the Scripture. Um, so that is traditional. Uh, but what they believe is year 5783. It's actually, uh, they believe 5783, 5783 years after the creation of Adam and Eve. Um, so that's where they come up with that. But the turning of the year, it's, they, they included that with, uh, Yon Teruah, which is the word, the blowing of the trumpets. And it's the Feast of Trumpets, uh, from Leviticus 23 and, um, some other places like Numbers uh, 29, I believe, uh, where it's talked about, several places in the Old Testament. Uh, but some of the practices that they do, they eat challah bread, and the challah bread is round uh, because of the turning of the page or the cyclical nature of the seasons of God, um, because it revolves around agriculture and their harvesting. And in two weeks, we'll talk about... Um, um, Sukkot. And I almost got so excited about the message for Sukkot, I couldn't write this one. And Lord, I was like, Lord, this is so good. So a couple of weeks we'll be doing that. But anyways, um, so yeah, they, they eat challah bread. They, um, they eat apples dipped in honey. And the significance of apples dipped in honey, uh, or anything sweet for that matter, is because there's a sweetness uh, and expectation of God's blessing and favor in the new year. So all of these things we can get on board with, and we're going to interweave them into our service and really into our hope and expectation, but I'm going to take a deep dive in a minute. 
Also, pomegranates. They eat pomegranates. And I don't remember the number, but anybody remember the number of seeds in a pomegranate? A bunch. But the whole idea is that the abundance of God is expected in the new year. Um, they, they also take crumbs and throw crumbs on moving water. That's what the bucket of water is. I, I thought about taking us down to the creek. We do have moving water in the back. But then I thought about some of our folks that might twist an ankle or something. So I thought, no, we probably shouldn't do that. So I just have a... a so this uh, bucket full of water is actually... Uh, stands for, symbolizes running water. Is that okay? We do that right here in the sanctuary. But they would throw the crumbs on moving water because it's the way they looked at this was like the, the year of the Spirit, okay? So that every year they prepared their hearts for what God is doing in their lives. And so when we say we celebrate the new year, I think we can kind of get on board with that, that there's an evaluation period because... Ten years late or ten days later is the Day of Atonement. And so between Yom Teruah and the Day of Atonement, the ten days in the middle are called the Days of Awe. And the Days of Awe are for introspection and repentance and getting right with people you may have offended, those sorts of things. And the breadcrumbs there would be all of the uh, maybe regrets, all of the failures, the breaking of the law or whatever. They would take those crumbs and allow that to go down the stream. Now, we know that in Christ Jesus, as we receive communion, we receive his broken body for us. And so we'll get into that in just a minute. But those are some of the the customs and traditions of the Jewish people. Kind of fun. But I want to go a a step deeper here. Oh, of course, I can't forget the most important element is the blowing of the shofar. And so they blow the shofar for those 10 days, just like, I don't know, a thousand times. Can I have a shofar blast while we're here? If it makes you uncomfortable, I'm going to ask that you just bear with the shofar. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a good trumpet blast. Thank you, Candace. The blowing of the trumpet, this time, this feast, and all the feasts of Israel, and the feasts, they're called the feasts of Yahweh. And these are special times. You need to understand this. I love this painting, by the way, Elena. I know you started that a couple weeks ago, but today it makes sense. So every feast and every enactment, I love that the people of God, that the Jewish people would actually go through these rituals rather than just read a book and say amen, they would actually step into these appointments with God. And so the the feast or the festivals was a time to celebrate what God had done. So it's a remembrance. There's three R's here. There's a remembrance. And then there's a reenactment where they would, through that remembrance, act out a prophetic act. And so there's often these emblems of practice that they do. And then the The next is to rehearse because all of it's connected to the promise of God to the day when everything will be made right, okay? So everything we're going to do today and everything that we're about when we do baptism or we do communion or whatever, it's a remembrance, a reenactment, and a rehearsal. So y'all got that? Very much everything that we practice in the Christian life, and it matters to God. It matters to God that we would actually do that. So when they would do these things, they would step into, they would meet with Yahweh. They would step into 
this bubble of eternity where his presence would touch down and he would have a feast with them. In that moment, that, as I said in my email, the transcendent, timeless God traversed that boundary where we are stuck in time and he is not. And he said, on this day, so speaking of the, the Feast of Trumpets, on the seventh month, on the first day, you will have a holy convocation, a memorial of blowing trumpets. It'll be a Sabbath rest. You'll do no work on this day and you'll have an offering made by fire. And so think of that, that every time we get in the Lord's presence, you actually step into the eternal nature of God. I was getting wrecked this morning just as we were singing it, you know, we're in awe of his glory, that heaven and earth become one. I just, uh, just totally undone in that worship. But that's really what we do. We step into that. And so these are acts of worship that they actually stepped into. But imagine that, an appointment with Yahweh, with the God, the creator of the universe, that put on the calendar, on this day you're going to do this, this day you're going to do this, and we're going to have a feast together. So let's go into it. I say we're on a roll, and that's acrostic for uh, the three elements in Leviticus 23. And I think we have Leviticus 23. There we go. Why don't we read it together? Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, saying, in the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall have a Sabbath rest, a memorial of blowing trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall do new customary work on it, and you shall offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. And so it's a roll call, if you will. It's a convocation. A holy convocation is a gathering, an assembly of people together that they would be gathered together. And if you remember some of the stories in the Old Testament, the the trumpet, they would blow the trumpet and they would all come out to the front of their tent. And they would gather together. Well, this particular time, one of the elements was standing underneath the sound of that shofar. And there's a mystery to it. But anyways, the acrostic is rest, is roll. Rest, Offering, so a Sabbath rest, offering made by fire. The L is listening, that's listening to the trump of God. And I put an extra L in there to listen again, okay? So rest, let's go into the three R's of rest. Remember, reenact, and rehearse. So there's, in the book of Hebrews chapter 4, there are three rests talked about. And the first rest is that of creation. Uh, It's interesting that it's on the seventh month. Because when you look at the story of creation, every day in creation, there was morning and there was evening. And then he did his works. And then until you get to day seven, it doesn't say anything about there being morning and evening. It's the eternal day. The day without beginning and without end. It's the complete day. So seven, the number seven, God's favorite number, stands for completion and fulfillment, for wholeness. And all of us, there's something inside of us that yearns for that. Everything that we do in life, we're always pursuing after things to be completed, to be come to their fullness, to be whole. And so the Sabbath day, the, the, the rest of the Lord, 
uh, is an invitation for us to step into, as Hebrews says, the works that were finished from the beginning of the world, from the foundation of the world. It's God's new day that we're expecting, the day of eternity. You ever noticed how there's three, at least three sets of sevens? There's sevens all over the place in the Bible. But according to their calendar, they have these cycles of sevens. So every seventh day you have a Sabbath, and then every seven Sabbaths you have a Sabbath of Sabbaths. And then every seven years on the calendar, you have something special going on. And then every seven groups of seven years, you have a jubilee on the 50th year where that's, that one doesn't even count. Oh, Lord, let me do this justice. <laughs> it's this cycle of reenacting, remembering, reenacting, and rehearsing towards the day, the promised day of God. So the first rest that God's given was the seventh day. The second rest was the promise to the people of Israel about entering into the promised land. And yet in Hebrews chapter 4, let's read that, it claims that that wasn't quite it yet. Hebrews 4, 6 through 13, if you have your Bibles. We might have it on the screen. Yeah, we do. Since therefore it remains for some to enter it, talking about the rest of the Lord, and those who formerly received the good news failed to enter because of disobedience, again he appoints a certain day. Today, and he's quoting Psalm 95 here, if you're taking notes, saying through David so long afterward, in the words already quoted, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken of another day later on. So then there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For whoever has entered God's rest has also rested from his works as God did from his. Let us therefore strive to enter that rest. Well, that sounds funny. So that no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and the discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Now, how often do we read that part about the word of God being living and active without its context? Has anybody ever put that together, that it's connected to this subject of rest, of entering into the rest, and being diligent to make sure that we enter into the rest so that we don't become like those that couldn't enter it even though they thought they had entered it? So this is rest number three. So clearly the rest of God, all of it must mean something different than just getting to a place where you know, our houses and, and crops and all that are, are blessed. I mean, although there is a restfulness about that. But it's the presence of God. It's the eternal day, the day that has no beginning and has no end. And as we sang this morning, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. I was wailing down here, not for myself, but looking at the camera for you. 
That we don't fail to enter into the rest of God. That we don't miss His presence. That we don't celebrate. That we don't remember, reenact, and rehearse towards the day. That we don't miss that day. There is a day coming that we actually step into in the here and now and lay hold of eternity in Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah, that deserves a, a horn blast. There's this thing about doing business with the Word of God that we could do it today or we could do it on that day, but it has this effect of piercing when we're in His presence to the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Sharp is the Word of God. And we're invited into now as we allow the Word of God to actually pierce our souls and actually reveal, is that Jesus or is that just me? You see, Jesus wants to live His life through you. That's what this is all about. I sat there on the floor weeping. It's not my life. It's His life. I'm a bondservant of Christ. He's ruined me for the gospel. I can't do anything else. You all follow me here? There's this stepping into eternity where, like Brad said, a reconciliation. And often we talk about the reconciliation, everything that we get, but there's something that we give too. We're going to do some of that. Sabbath is a full stop. So for them, it was a full stop of all work. But there's this full stop that we enter into where we just stop trying so hard and we just are with the Lord. And we begin to allow the Word of God, who is Jesus, through His written Word, but also through His presence, to divide and separate out as we process. So as we talk about the calendar and the calendar of the Spirit, as we flip there, it's just appropriate to take time to get in God's presence and let Him reboot, reset, recalibrate all the rewords. Jesus is the new creation. Jesus says in Matthew, come to me and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hallelujah. Yoke is easy and his burden is light. There is a burden and there is a yoke, but it's easy and light. Because when we step in in the spirit, he lives our life for us. I'm I'm getting ahead to Sukkot, but he lives our life for us. while we get to live His. We're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's where where you belong. Yet through the power of the Holy Spirit, He fills your life up and He takes over. And He wants to. He wants to walk out to every corner of the earth. Do His wonders. Uh, He also claimed that He was the Lord of the Sabbath. Y'all remember those stories? He started doing miracles on the Sabbath. I I think that back then the the religious leaders of the day had gotten so uh, covered up with the idea of following the letter of the law, they missed the whole point. That it was actually time to be set aside to let God fill you and actually give you a moment to, or a whole day to meditate on Him and focus on Him and step into what really matters. I mean, you think about all the stories in the Old Testament. He provided all of their needs. Gave them houses to dwell in that they didn't build. Crops to eat of that they didn't plant. Shoes didn't wear out. I mean, come on. We serve a miracle working God. When he says, take a break. This isn't about you. 
<laughs> That's a problem. We always think it's about us. All right, so we're going to do an activation number one. We're going to do three activations this morning. So on the rest category, I've learned that rest is so wonderful. I ran hard for a long time. So much of that was me just doing me. And I have really discovered how to, I wish I'd figured this out years ago, but how to let, just let him live his life through me. It's, it's his life. I don't even own this life anymore. And when I do that, man, he likes naps. <laughs> I mean, when I get in a place where I'm refreshed, so if, if, if you think, if you're dog tired and you think that you're doing the work of the Lord, guess what? You need a break. You need to just go take a nap. <laughs> can we do that? Because he's just not a slave master. He's not a taskmaster. He can do so much more through the power of the Spirit when we're connected to him and we're in his presence and we're operating in that by hearing his voice. Isn't that what it's all about? The disobedience that happened was that they failed to hear his voice. We live according to the voice of God. It's like a tuning fork. I wake up in the morning and I go, Whoop, well, I thought I was doing this, but he's talking about that. I've learned to just say, you know, I don't care about that. I'm going to go do what I hear him say and do what I see him doing. Just like he did with the father. Amen. And wow, everything works out so much better. There's a whole life that he's got for you that is so much better than you can figure out on your own. And it's done through rest. So, the activation is this. <laughs> uh, Miss Donna and Miss Linda have been leading us in this in their uh, freedom classes. But, and I almost want to give Miss Donna the mic, but I'll see if I can do it as good as you do it. So just close your eyes and find your happy place. Find your place with God. I want you to use your sanctified imagination right now. Where's the place that you feel the safest? the most comfortable. It may be, for me, sometimes it's by a roaring fire in a cabin in the mountains. Sometimes it's standing in a clearing overlooking 14,000 feet. Sometimes it's sitting on a boat on a lake. Wherever it is that you feel the safest, I want you to invite Jesus into that place right now. The creator of whatever it is, and that's your safe place. That's where you and God commune. That's where you spend time together. That's where you learn how to surrender and let him live his life through you while you sit before the throne of God. And at any point today, you can go back to this place. Matter of fact, begin to make it a practice in your life. You're having a stressful day, go sit in the car for a minute and do this. All right, we good? Everybody find their happy place? That's funny because sometimes the happy place changes and that's okay. The happy place is his presence. Thank you for your presence, Lord. We just receive your presence with this fullness of joy. All right, so I want to talk about the O of the roll, the offering made by fire. And when we take communion so often, it's all about us receiving the absolution of our guilt or whatever, and that's certainly a part of it. But most of the practice of communion, we, we spend most of that time receiving the broken body of Jesus, re receiving his poured out blood for us, and we don't actually give him something back. We don't go through the process of the exchange. 
But I believe it's supposed to be an exchange. You know, I think Paul in 1 Corinthians, when he talks about it, he says something about, you know, not offering your gift if you've got something on your heart before somebody, all that. I think that refers to this idea of laying stuff down as well. And so we have the water. We're going to participate with our Jewish brothers in throwing crumbs on the water, but everybody show me your pretzels. <laughs> we brought the kids in because this is, this should be, this should be good enough for adults and kids and anybody of any age that, that we can do these things together. So we are reenacting and rehearsing as we remember. But I want you to think about this, and I've already said this already, but so often we, we miss the part. We think about the sacrifices in the Old Testament, and all we think about that is the expiation that happens. You know, we think about the removal of sins by the sprinkling of blood and by the... But, you know, that was part of it, but a bigger part of it was these feasts where they would offer... Why would they pour wine on the altar? Offerings made by fire, there was wine involved, there was meat involved, there was bread involved. You know, you think about it, we read through Leviticus, we're like, yada, 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 yada. Burn through this section, there's no life here, right? There is life here. What we fail to realize is that unlike the other gods of the nations that people would offer up children and stuff to, this was food to remind everyone that Yahweh is a person. God is a person. And he wants to meet and have a feast. That's his portion, right? The fat belongs to the Lord. It's a sweet-smelling aroma before him. The prayers of the saints in Revelation ascends before God and is a sweet-smelling aroma in his nostrils. Some of these things I'm saying, is they're, they're discerned according to the Spirit. So track with me here. But I think that we need to do an exchange even in communion. God is a person, and he desires to have a meal. When we talk about the table of the Lord, we're the only one doing any eating. But in the Old Testament, when they offered these offerings made by fire, a drink offering and a bread offering, right? A couple of hens of oil and so much wheat, fine flour crushed together. That doesn't sound like this whole idea of expiation by the spilling of blood to cover your sins. No, that's, that's there too, but that's not what we're talking about. It's actually a meal with your creator, time spent in his presence. Y'all tracking with me? Okay, so as we take communion, I want you to consider that, that there's an exchange going on. Jesus said, take and eat. He broke the bread and he said, this is my body that was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. As often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Guess what? You have a body too. You have a body that's dedicated to the Lord Jesus. And as we think about this last year of the Spirit, me and Lauren did this recently. We had just lots of stuff that the Lord's cleared off of our plate. And if it hasn't started yet for you, God is doing a new thing to take you into the next season of your life, the next assignment in God of what He has for you. And these are the times that we actually focus on that, okay? That we care about that, that the Lord said, you will take a day on the calendar right here because I want to meet with you and I want to reveal by the Holy Spirit the next assignment and what you're stepping into. I want you to take your bag of pretzel. This is your flat hollow bread. It's crunchy. 
Jesus' body may be a little fresh, but ours is a little crunchy. And figuratively, I want you to do some time with God here for a minute. I want you to look at these pretzels as your flesh. Now, when I say flesh, I'm not talking about your skin. I'm talking about our desires, our passions, our pursuits, the things that we do in God. And think about the last year of the assignment. And this isn't to be a bummer, but every place where you have failed in your last assignment, we're going to give that to God, okay? And so all of your guilt, all of your shame, all of your disappointment and regret, even all of your offense if people have wounded you and hurted you, I'm asking you to figuratively attribute it to this bag of pretzels. So don't just get in a big hurry, but do business with God for a minute and take all of that, all that stuff that you weren't made to carry, we're made to be free and clear. I want you to just take a minute with God. Lord, I'm asking right now, Holy Spirit, that every one of these things that haunt us in the night, Lord, we feel like we've let you down or we failed. Just bring it to the surface right now. We're going to crush. We're going to allow you, Lord, to crush unfulfilled expectations, guilt, shame, voice of the accuser says it's not good enough. This is those that have wounded us, God, we forgive them. Just like is instructed, we can't go to the table of the Lord with unforgiveness. We forgive them, God. Disappointment things that we thought we, we would be further ahead than we are now, we just crush it. Lord, you are the God that controls our destiny. Our discouragement for our best efforts that didn't work out, we break them up into fine powder. This whole last year, God, sufficiently crushed. <laughs> We're going to cast our crumbs on the water, okay? As we take his broken body and replace of ours. We're going to dump him in the water and then I want you to take a piece of the bread. I believe we also, do we have the gluten-free version somewhere? Do we have anybody that's gluten sensitive other than myself? Okay, give us just a minute. We're going to get the gluten free. But the hollow bread, you're going to you're going to go up here, do business with God, say say something if you will. Don't say too much in front of the, the water because it, 
Well, there is a microphone. <laughs> but we'll get backed up if we do it there. So you could you could say what you've got to say here, and then I want you to figuratively come up and release your crumbs. It's just crumbs. Y'all realize that? It's just crumbs. This is going to be a new year. This is letting all of that go and stepping into the new thing of God. Amen? And then once you release it into the water, then I want you to just tear a piece of bread off. And Matthew's going to, Pastor Matthew's going to have a, a tray of the matzah bread that's actually gluten-free here in a minute. great and matchless one we honor your name we're so grateful God that you've given us tangible ways to step in and to anticipate and to receive all that you've done it's with full expectation God of the world to come where there's no more sin no more sickness, no more crying, no more doubt, no more disappointment, no more discouragement, no more failure. Only the glory of God and the righteousness of a world set free because of what you've done, Jesus, by giving your body for us. You allowed your body to be broken. Lord, as we've given you our brokenness, Lord, we receive what you've done for us. Take the bread together, please. ago in the middle of communion just a revelation of the Lord hit me do we always take the cup rightly so that we receive the blood of Jesus that washes us clean and he reminded me of Peter when he was so excited to tell the Lord that he would go to the same place that he did and the Lord asked him if he could drink his cup he said, no, you can't drink this cup now, but you will. So as we receive that cleansing blood, we also step into the reality that we drink the cup, that we're not above laying our life down for those around us. Paul talked about always caring about in his body the dying of the Lord Jesus. There's something about the life of the believer we give up our rights to be angry, to hold people accountable other than each other. And we lay down our life, whatever that looks like. So Lord, we receive all that you've done for us, the cleansing God. And we also step up to the plate. We say, you are welcome to live your life yourself sacrificing laying down life through us take the cup with me thank you Lord thank you for all you've done God Woo. okay Yom Teruah blowing of the trumpets so it's very interesting because in the Old Testament there's a mystery to it 
doesn't say much about why. But there's something about sitting under the sound of the trumpet being blown that should bring to remembrance what happens when they blow the trumpet in Israel. As we step into this new season, we're going to sit under the sound of the trumpet of God. And there's layers to this. We remember as we blow it ourselves, we reenact. But we're also rehearsing our hearts, the meditation of our hearts for what's coming. The Christian hope, the endless day, eternity when that final trump is sounded. And in the twinkling of an eye, we'll all be changed. Think about Jericho. Think about that rest that Joshua led them into, even though that wasn't quite it. It was more like a a down payment. They crossed the river and they came to this city of Jericho, resistant to God's kingdom. And they'd already been warned. Remember, the guys went. I want you to understand that there's this victory blast of the trumpet. You can think about all the other stories in the Old Testament where the trumpet was blasted. It's a call to attention. It's also a call to battle. But in the Jericho story, they weren't to say a word. Think about Jesus. He opened not his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. Yet it was his greatest triumph and victory, what he did on the cross. They walked around that city for, somebody help me out, how many days? Seven days? Of course it was seven days. And on that seventh day, blew the trumpet of God and every resisting force, every wall that stood in the way of God's will being done came crashing down. Come on, straight into the ground. You need, to, you need to allow the Lord to do this in you because that's what this is about as we rehearse. As we move into this new year, they ate the apples with honey. We don't have apples, we have grapes. So I thought apples with honey might be messy. The idea though is something sweet. That there's the sweetness and goodness of God for you in this new year. And the victory of God is the trumpet of God is blown over you. We'll do that last, okay? But I want the trumpets to be blown over you here in a minute. Think about what it does to the enemy. Do you realize that when the trumpet of God is blasted, the enemy often would turn on himself, put the enemy to flight. There is nothing more unnerving to the enemy than when he hears the trump of God. And like I said at the beginning, that teruah word can mean a raucous shout from the people of God as they all <gasps> think about Gideon's story where they crushed the pots sword of the Lord Gideon or however it went there's only 300 of them and thousands of them fell on each other's swords and stuff that's the God that we serve he fights our battles for us when the trump of the Lord is blown we are waiting for that day 1 Corinthians 15 if you have your Bibles out 
verse 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in the moment and the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. And we shall be changed, for this perishable body must put on the imperishable. Hallelujah. And this mortal body must put on immortality. When the perishable puts on the imperishable and the mortal puts on the immortal, then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, brethren, <laughs> be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. The things that we do, we're not just polishing the brass on the Titanic. It actually matters. It's eternal, Margie. What you've done is eternal. Every piece of art that's eternal, Elena. Serving the Lord lasts forever, transfers over into that new kingdom. We can, I just want you to, to take a moment right now. Let's close our eyes. And I don't know if you remember, but two weeks ago, the Lord gave us some homework. How are we doing with that? You might be like, I don't know. What are you talking about? The Lord challenged me and he's been challenging me and I challenged you and I'm going to do it again. That we begin to take time to meditate on the world to come. The new heaven and the new earth where righteousness dwells. What does the world look like where there's nothing but righteousness going on? The righteousness of God. Where this idea of Christ living his life through me. Where we're all walking around like that. Laying down our lives and receiving the love of God through one another. That's the world that's coming. That's the Christian hope. That's what this is all about. A resurrection, a body that doesn't get sick anymore. Body that won't die. Paul says here, some of us, he must have thought he was in that generation, but some of us won't ever die. It'll happen in our lifetime. But it's going to happen. There's going to be a trumpet sound. Trumpet of God. And every enemy of God, every resistant thing to the kingdom of God, like the walls of Jericho, are going to come crashing down. Every political system, every corrupt uh, thing that we see in our lives today, every system, every structure, every bit of it will fall down. We're not talking about the planet melting. We're talking about all the things that resist the kingdom of God. Finished. Finito. So take a moment and get it in your mind's eye. What does that look like? Where you live, where you go to school, where you work, in your neighborhood, in your politics, in your understanding of health care. What does it look like? Righteousness dwells. you to sit under the trumpet. Give me seven blasts, please. 
Hallelujah. And that's the Feast of Trumpets. There's a mystery to it. To sit under the sound of the trumpet. To remember, to reenact, and to rehearse. Waiting for that day. Could be today. Could walk out of here and the glory of God sweep over the whole planet. All right. Take your grapes. If you have a grape allergy, I'm sorry. I thought about candy bars or something, but... This is a feast of the Lord. We believe God that this is going to be a sweet year of the Lord. You're stepping into the sweetness and the goodness of God in your life. I bless you with that right now in the name of Jesus. It's going to be a good, good year for you. It's going to be a good year. Amen. All right, eat your grapes, and then we're all going to blow the horn together. Candace, I'm sorry. I know you're winded. Something sweet in your mouth. Can you taste it? It's a favor of God over you in Jesus' name. Abundance in Jesus' name. More than enough for every good work. I bless you right now in the name of Jesus to be powerful as you step into the work of God and the life of Christ, living His life through yours. Hallelujah. All right, get your trumpets. God, we receive your goodness today. Lord, it's with victory that we walk out of here. Because you always lead us in triumph, Lord. Always leads us in triumph. Hallelujah. All right, on the count of three, let's blast the trumpet together. One, two, and give it all it's worth. You got that? It's an offering made by fire. <laughs> two, three. receive that today, the victory of God. Hallelujah. I tell y'all, church is supposed to be fun. This Christian life is fun. He's full of surprises. All I could do in worship earlier today was just cry out, you amaze me, you amaze me, you amaze me. I love it. I just love it. The Holy Spirit, He just has a way of getting our goat. Amen. Well, I love you all. Bless you. Have a great week. You're going to have a wonderful year full of the Spirit of God. See you soon. Thank you for listening to the Consumed Church weekly podcast. This entire service and others can be viewed on our Facebook and YouTube channels. If you would like to partner with us in raising the next generation of kingdom bringers, you can do so at the Consumed Church dot com slash give.